What would you say is the most dangerous cult in the world today? The Mormons? The Jehovah's Witnesses? The Masons? You might be surprised to discover that one of Christendom's foremost experts on the cult says it is none of these. Stay tuned to discover what he considers to be the world's most dangerous cult. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm delighted to have back with me again this week Eric Barger, who is the founder and director of Take a Stand Ministries located in the Seattle, Washington area. Eric, Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. Thank you, brother. I'm glad we to be here. We're really here. glad to have you back. Thank you. And I'm also glad to have my associate, uh, Nathan Jones. Nathan is our web minister here at Lamb and Lion Ministry. He's going to help me uh, interview Eric. Uh, Eric, before we jump into our discussion this time, I'd like to just start off the program by having you tell people how to get in touch with your ministry. <laughs> sure. Uh, we're going to talk about things I have all over our website. Okay. So they can go there and kind of follow along, if you right. will. It's ericbarger.com, E-R-I-C-B-A-R-G-E-R.com. And anybody who uh, doesn't have web access, call 214-289-5244, and we'll be glad to send them out an information packet. Now, folks, we're going to be covering a lot of different topics uh, uh, in this program. We did in the previous program. We're going to try to get Eric to come back next week, uh, cover some more topics. And we're just going to hit the high point so that if you're interested in getting into detail on any of these issues, you need to contact his website where you will find all kinds of wonderful resources. In fact, one of those is a video uh, that you wanted to ask him about, Nathan. Sure. I was looking at uh, the most dangerous cult. Uh, David asked, okay, it's not Mormons. It's not Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm running out. What is it? <laughs> Should I tell everybody now? You just have to buy the DVD to find oh, there, out. Yeah, <laughs> <there you> <laughs> um, it's also not Islam or Hinduism. It's not the New Age movement. And people are going, what could it be? I believe the most dangerous cult is any person, church, or denomination who doesn't faithfully represent the first century gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who claims to be Christian but does not present the biblical truth. And they're all around us. I've often said that uh, liberalism that uh, teaches another gospel inside our churches is way more than, damaging than all the Satanists getting together on Halloween night to pray out in the middle of a clearing and do a, a ritual. <laughs> you know, true, Because true. more people will go to hell sitting in a church on a Sunday morning thinking everything's hunky-dory because they've been baptized or they're good people or they've heard a message or they gave God their one hour a week or whatever it might be, some other way other than through the cross and the blood of Jesus. And that's, that's what liberalism teaches, that it's all about good works, it's all the social gospel. And of course, we've seen it uh, take over the mainline denominations who were once very evangelical 100, 150 years ago. And Eric, this is so rampant in, in the church today. Everywhere you look, you know, I, I have for 25 years, 20, almost 30 years now, I've been going to churches all over this nation. This is a non-denominational ministry, so we go to all kinds of churches. I've been to every denomination. And what I have found very early on, you cannot judge a church by the signboard out front. I'll give you an example. Uh, I have been to Methodist churches that didn't believe anything. 
I've been to Methodist churches that were on fire for the Lord. I've been to Methodist churches that were charismatic, Methodist churches that were non-charismatic. It depends on what's going on in that pulpit. Is Jesus Christ being lifted up as the only hope for the world? Is the Bible being presented as the Word of God? And I don't care what the signboard says out front, because you know as well as I do, there are Southern Baptist churches now that deny the inerrancy of the Word, just as there are Presbyterian churches that do. It is in all the denominations, this revolt against the Word of God and revolt against doctrine and this touchy-feely thing of, well, you know, just whatever, whatever you... you Preach you know. it, brother. <laughs> I mean, you Amen. Know, your Christianity is for you and mine's for me and so forth. And it's like there's no, Christianity has no meaning anymore. Well, Christianity is not a self-styled religion. We have beliefs and the beliefs have been left behind. We have doctrines that held us together. Paul's charge to Timothy was to go and preach the gospel and reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Yes. We better know what those doctrines are. And, and, you know, if people think that it's out of bounds to mention that somebody that would call themselves a Christian a, as a cultist, when you look at the central or essential doctrines of the Bible, if people are not holding on to those central doctrines that, for example, you could find in the Apostles' Creed, just for an example, if you don't hold to those central doctrines, what makes us Christians? What right. could possibly uh, well, uh, make that uh, term well, stick wouldn't to you us? agree that there's a central core of doctrine that's essential to Christianity? And if, if, if you're not into that, you're just not really a Christian. You can call yourself one, but, you know, the fact that uh, you call yourself a garage doesn't make your garage. I, I mean, you, sure. it, it's what you believe. And uh, I'm not talking about 10,000 different things we could disagree on. I grew up in a church that, that was very legalistic, and, and, and we said uh, uh, in opinion, liberty, and all things things, love, uh, in, uh, but we, we considered everything essential. Everything was essential. So, we drew lines of fellowship over what you believed about prophecy. We drew lines of fellowship over what you believed about music in the worship service, yeah. how often you could take communion. We're not talking about no. music in the church, how often you take communion, and this sort What That's are correct. the core doctrines we're that, talking about? And I make that point. We're not talking about those peripheral yeah, doctrines. Yeah, we can all disagree. We're talking about you know. the blood of Jesus, how you're saved, about the inerrancy of the Scripture, about who God is, about the deity of Christ. That's, those are the central doctrines of the faith. Now, we can disagree about prophecy and yes. all those other issues and how to baptize someone, sprinkle or dunk, <laughs> yeah. all those issues. I know there's Baptists will fight on that one, but oh, yeah. we, can, we can disagree on those things and be agreeable and loving and call each other brother. But when somebody comes to me and says, well, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe the virgin birth. <laughs> I'll say, well, listen, (laughs) you can call yourself a Christian, but I can't call you brother. If you don't believe he was born of a virgin, he couldn't have been the Savior. Why are we monkeying around with Christianity or something called Christianity? Or somebody who says the resurrection is irrelevant. Those two things are the big things that we mentioned before on earlier program, that those two things seem to be the the hot buttons, and they're the things that have caused the liberal theologians 150 years ago or so to begin to disavow many of the other doctrines. Well, one thing I've noticed is it seems as as we've moved into these end times and we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, there are more and more and more attacks upon Jesus and who He was. That's right. And more and more saying, well, He was a great man. He was a good teacher. He was a wonderful person. He was a good moral person. But, you know, God in the flesh, come on. You never analyze Buddha's life on the news. It's always Jesus. (laughs) And you never hear Buddha being used as a swear word either. He knows that. You you know, know, I'm glad you mentioned that because for many, many years I've said that that's one of the evidences that Jesus really was God in the flesh is the very fact that Satan uh, motivates people all over the world to use his name as a curse word. They they don't use Judas's name as a curse word or Satan's name as a curse word or Buddha's name. Why is it Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's That's got to be a supernatural thing. Something I've thought about all 
also. I, th- I think it is. I think it is. Let's never forget that these people, and, and we have liberalism throughout the denominations. We have it in our seminaries. And if you're going to find the most liberal spot in the seminaries and denominations are at the very top. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad scenario, but that's true. Uh, it's, uh, it's us guys out here who, uh, you know, they would look at us as backwards and hayseed and all those things because we don't see it intellectually like they do. And, and we just haven't been educated enough. I guess I haven't been educated enough to realize the Bible isn't God's Word because I believe it's yeah. God's Word. I believe from cover to cover it's God's Word. Well, I, I was a professor for 20 years at the university, and I know all the academic games. I know all of them. And uh, uh, what really uh, distresses me is to see theologians who are supposed to be teaching the Word of God approach the Word of God like it's Shakespeare, like it's something that you are to analyze and dissect and tear apart instead of something to uh, serve as the basis for everything you believe and everything you do, and get up and mock it. Most people are not aware of the fact that probably in 70% of the seminaries in America, if not more, the Bible is looked upon as man's search for God and therefore full of myth, legend, and superstition. It is not God's revelation to man. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, uh, I was reading recently a quote from a very liberal theologian named Marcus Bohr. He's a part of the Jesus Seminar, which as we all know, and we know, and I hope the viewers know, is not about the Jesus of the (laughs) Bible. It is a very, very liberal place. He said that uh, when he went to seminary, that convinced him that the Word of God was not a a God-inspired thing, that it was a man book, that it wasn't a God book. And I thought, you know... That may be a good reason why you ought to really be careful about where you go to seminary to make sure you're going to hear the truth. Because some of our kids are going to go to seminary at a very vulnerable time in their life. Oh, yes. And they can be completely tripped up for for eternity. Oh, you better be very careful what seminary you're particular. I I heard Uh, Howard Howard Hendricks from Dallas Theological Seminary. I heard him one time in a public forum. They asked him, what what seminaries would you recommend? And he said, well, I don't want to get into all that. I'll talk to you personally about it. But he said, let me tell you this. You got to pick them carefully because he said the average seminary seminary in America has the same impact upon a student as putting a live egg under a dead hen. Ooh, <laughs> wow. What a great statement. Yeah. I want to write that one and down real true. quick. Yes. It is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you mentioned the Jesus Seminar, one of the most apostate yeah. things that has come on the Christian scene in a long time where they're voting on the words of Jesus. Did he say it? Did he not say it? Right. Three of the chairman of the four committees of that were from uh, the same seminary, Phillips University in Enid, Oklahoma. And I went there one time and I met with the head of the, of the seminary and I sat down with him and I said, tell me, what is the goal of the seminary in the first year? And without hesitation, he said, the goal of our seminary in the first year is to erase from the minds of our students all the garbage they've learned in church. Wow. Why even call themselves wow. a seminary? But it doesn't even exist anymore. This uh, It went out of existence. Really? Praise the Lord. The whole thing went out of this, existence. This sounds like Rudolf Bultmann. Right, yeah. Bultmann, the, the, the liberal theologian that's partially responsible for this, talked about the demythologizing yes, of the Bible. Yes. You have to you know take all the, the myths out. And, of course, the myth of the resurrection, the myth of the virgin birth, all those things. Uh, you know, the uh, co-chairman of the Jesus Seminar, now that we're talking about this, is John Dominic Crossan. I read a quote in Time Magazine, where he said that Jesus' body was laid in a shallow grave and torn apart by wild dogs. This is what, what? this is what Paul says, if you don't Based believe in the what? resurrection, you don't have any hope. That's exactly yeah. right, 1 Corinthians 15, exactly. They just kind of make it up and then present it as So fact. why bother? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This is a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And Paul said to Timothy, yes. from such, turn away. Don't have dialogue, don't figure out what you've got in common. 
you know, I can I can dialogue with people if they are willing to say the scripture is what our dialogue's about. That it's it is truth, and everything comes from that. But when people are denying the foundational doctrines of the faith, Paul said, "Run from them. Mm-hmm. It's a disease. A little leaven leaven the whole lump." Mm-hmm. That's what's happened to our denominations today. We want to sit around and intellectualize and have committees about what, whether God's word is God's word, instead of realize that the, there's a lost and dying world out here. Because they don't see the world as lost. They think good, mm-hmm. good works will do it. And, and see, works have replaced salvation oh, know, by grace. Yeah. And, and, and what's got me is how fast all this has happened. Yes. It's happened in my lifetime. Yes. I have seen this, uh, the denunciation of all the fundamentals of the Christian faith. You know, the, uh, I think of uh, the bishop of uh, one of the major denominations in America uh, who was the bishop of New Jersey, who wrote a book just a few years ago in which he denied uh, the virgin birth, denied the resurrection, denied the second coming, and argued that Paul and Timothy were homosexual lovers. This is a bishop of a major Sounds country. Like but that particular denomination has lost 56% of its membership in the last 60 years. And wow. that's the result of this, right? The farther away they go from... Same thing happened in Britain with the, the Anglican Church. They, they became yeah. enslaved to right. this. And so they got up and saying, okay, the Bible says this, but modern psychology says that. You take, pay your money, take your choice. And people said, why am I bothering even to come? Mm-hmm. Wow. You've got to give them meat. And 7% attend church today. Had, uh, on our website, there's an article called The Most Dangerous Cult. People can uh, do the search to find it. We have a search engine in the website. And in that, I, I uh, recite a poll that was taken now about nine years ago, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And in that poll, there were 7,500 ministers were polled. And uh, they went down through each denomination. Uh, 13%, I believe, of uh, Lutherans, Lutheran pastors did not believe in the resurrection. It got down to 51% of the United Methodist ministers didn't believe in the resurrection. I'm going, okay, these are people who were involved in some sort of religious philosophy, but they've disqualified themselves from being authentic ministers by their lack of belief in the doctrines that they're supposed to be upholding. What hope do we have if the people in the pulpits aren't telling us the truth? Amen. Welcome back to our interview with Eric Barger, who is the founder and director of Take a Stand Ministries. Eric, I want to talk for a moment about another of your uh, videos called The Eras of the Emergent Church. Now, that's a strange term, the emergent church. I hear more and more and more about that. And I'd like to ask you, first of all, where in the world does that crazy, strange term come from, emergent (laughs) church? And then what is it? What are we talking about here? Well, the the emerging movement came out of the Young Leadership Network about 10 years ago now. So it's a very, very new thing. But uh, it's all about the idea that the postmoderns have been left behind, that group of people, and there needs to be a new church now emerge Emerge. to meet their needs or to reach them. And I'm all for reaching postmoderns. Well, before, before we go moderns, any further, let's moderns. just stop right there. And what is a postmodern? Postmodern would be people who are in the postmodern generation. That would be people my age and younger. I'm 57. Yeah, but well, what makes a person a postmodern? 30s and 40s, just the time and the era. Just the time yeah, but the it's, a, it's more than age. It has to do with some things they think. Oh, mindset. Oh, mindset. Right. Well, what is the uh, mindset of the postmodern? It's the lack of standards, the lack of... of uh, Good doctrine. It's really a revolt against modernity. It's it's a, you know, science didn't solve our problems. That's right. We're looking for something else. Let's go down to some sort of. uh, Your reality is what you make it. Yes, exactly. But it is, that's a new age idea that you create your own reality and do your own thing. And part of that is a rejection of truth, isn't it? Sure. Absolute truth. That's why I started to say. Your opinion is good as mine. Exactly. The standard of where truth is has changed or where the anchor of what holds us together, where we can figure out uh, where, where truth is. That's called epistemology where we find out where our knowledge comes from, 
where beliefs and and uh, and truths intersect. So uh, you go to an emergent church, and and they're, they're not all the same, of course. But you might, instead of a person getting up and preaching a sermon, everybody might be just kind of sitting around in a room in a kind of relaxed atmosphere and just have a uh, off the head conversation. And anybody's attitude or view is as good as anybody else's. Well, one of the fellows who came out of the emergent movement from right in the very beginning of it said that the conversation about doctrine is what bothered him. As they were conversing, does God really know the future? Uh, does does gender come with distinction? Uh, is homosexuality really a sin? Do we have to keep the doctrine of the Trinity? And they began to check off these things that they were conversing about. It Even seemed, the doctrine of the atonement. Yes. It seems yeah. to me like that the whole thing in the Garden of Eden that caused the fall of mankind was a conversation about whether God's truth was God's truth or not. This is the exact same thing again. And, and let me tell you that as we talked about liberalism in the first part of this program, this is the new liberalism. And it is extremely prophetic. Paul said to the Thessalonians, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come until there come a falling away first. A falling away or rebellion, the, the Greek word there, of course, is apostasia, yeah. an apostasy. And this is what we see but happening. the thing that's so subtle about this is this is the new liberalism under the guise of conservatism because they call themselves evangelical. That's the catcher. I, I believe in my message in the DVD you held up and also in my, my live seminar I do now on this, I, three or four times I'll bring up these people claim to be us. And if this is evangelicalism, I am no longer an evangelical. I believe the word evangelical has lost its meaning. It has. It has. It's it been used redefined. to mean that a, a person who was an evangelical was a person who went, who relied on the Word of God for everything they believed and all their actions in life, their attitudes, their actions. Today, an evangelical, it just doesn't... Well, they well, start as the youth group of a, an evangelical church, and they emerge out of it. So, I can see why there's a strong feeling that they are conservative because they come out of it and then the church realizes, hey, wait a minute, this guy, they're not following what we're doing. They're cutting all ties and they're not listening to their leadership and they all spread off and form their own church. But isn't it true, for example, that the leader of this movement, Brian McLaren, made, actually made the statement that uh, John 3.16, God wasn't talking about people. He was talking about the earth. God heard, so loved the world. Heard with my own ears. I'm sure we'll put some, some okay, graphics up on this. Heard with my own ears for three days in February this year at Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, Idaho, as Brian McLaren redefined Christianity. He said the term the world is not talking about the people, the lost, it's talking about the earth. They played. They showed a film by the Sierra Club. So Jesus came to save died the, earth. For the earth. Yes, yeah. and uh, he said that the term "kingdom of God" is not a spiritual term, but it's or a, a religious term. It is a political term, and that it meant God's ecosystem or God's global love economy. So this just is the old liberalism, the old social gospel in new clothes. Yeah, exactly. They're looking for something different than than conservatism or atheism. They want a spiritual experience. Rob Bell, another one of the leaders in, in this yeah, movement from, from uh, Granville, Michigan, has 10,000 people in his church. He said, we're, this is just not Christianity dressed up. This was a paraphrase. He said, we're rediscovering Christianity as an Eastern religion. That's where this is going, you see. Well, I know it is because uh, I know of a uh, fellow who had a church out in California uh, who was uh, a part of a very uh, uh, conservative evangelical denomination who got involved in this. And the first thing he knew, he set up card tables in the lobby of his church. And on those card tables, he put Greek icons and taught people to come in, bow down, and pray to a Greek icon. 
because it's into touchy feely. Yeah, it it's is. It's back into uh, uh, incense and uh, things of this nature. You know, it is. It's. Uh, I'm going to read from my notes here, and this is in okay. the DVD. Emergence: Our experience over reason, spirituality over doctrine and absolutes, images over words, feelings over truth. Earthly justice more important than salvation, and social action that trumps eternity. That's so important. Say it again. Say it again. Experience over reason, spirituality over doctrine and absolutes, images over words, feelings over truth, earthly justice more important than salvation, and social ju- social action that trumps eternity. Well, that is a succinct uh, summary. Beautiful, and that and and, and it explains to me how the leader Brian McLaren could make that comment he makes in his book about I am a Buddhist, I'm a Confucius, I'm a Jew, that's I'm a, a you know I, I'm everything. That's I'm, that's on the I'm Pentecostal, I'm, non-communicant, exactly. charismatic, non-charismatic because you don't believe anything. That's on I think the back cover of yeah. a generous orthodoxy, which is a very unorthodox book. Now, th- these books are published, these authors are published by major, once reliable Christian publishing houses. And, and really, when you, when you call Brian McLaren the leader, he may be the godfather of it, mm-hmm. but there's really no leader. Yeah. These people are all self-styling. Doing their, their thing. Exactly. Doing their own thing. I, I, you were mentioning the icons a minute ago. Uh, I <laughs> went to this conference, and I was, of course, shocked that this was happening in Northwest Nazarene, but I wanted to go here from the horse's mouth. So a pastor friend of mine and I went together, a pastor named Chris Bear, good friend. We both took a lot of notes. The uh, Friday night meeting, the songs that were sung, any Wiccan priest could have sung along with because they were so morbid. They were all about the earth has been tortured and raped. No glory of God, no worship of God in them. Then they showed a film by the Sierra Club. Then McLaren went through the redefinition of the terms of Christianity. And at the end, we, we were looking up in front and we couldn't quite tell what it was up there in front on these tables that they had. We were you know, obviously a few yards away from it. And he had people, he said, now if you feel led, come on up and take water out of the vat and rebaptize yourself into the new Christianity. And 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 something also about feeling the dirt. Yeah. Then he said, and while you're there, there's a tub of dirt up there, we found out. He said, while you're there, make sure you put your hands in the dirt to find out what needs to be saved. Now, again, this is not a voodoo ritual we're talking about, folks. These are people who claim to be evangelicals, who are sold in Christian bookstores, and who are speaking in our seminaries and Bible colleges around the country. That's right. And it's, I'm not picking on the Nazarenes. I speak in Nazarene churches. I know Nazarene pastors, after I put out our newsletter on this, two of them contacted me. They're hopping mad. One of them suggested that we have a new tea party, that we <laughs> go and Boston take, tea take party. the seminary back for God, you know, because they're concerned about it. I'm, I'm going, how did that kind of theology make it by the strainer of truth to make it to the pulpit well, of a major seminary? I'm glad you made that point, because we're not picking on any particular no, denomination. This no. is a problem in all denominations. Yes, now, sir. because of that, let me ask you this question. I think this is a very crucial question. What should the average Christian be looking for as a red flag or a sign that perhaps their church is moving into this apostasy? Just wait for the word missional. Missional. Or missional. Explain this. To become a missional Christian, that you have a worldview that's different. It's about solving the problems of the world. It's the same old stuff that happened 100 to yeah. 150 years ago that caused the major denominations to go down. See, it worked so good the first time. If I were the devil, I wouldn't have changed my, my technique. Okay. I would have continued to do it now to, to try to destroy the evangelicals of today, just like he did the once evangelical churches, such as Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, etc. And moving into uh, away from uh, the preaching of doctrine, the preaching of truth of the Bible, right. to uh, you know your your attitude is as good as anybody else's. And it's all about you. It's, it's not all about, about God. You That's and right. This sort of thing. It's like a, 
uh, and all of this is, is the idea that this is the only re- way to reach postmoderns. Yeah, As, that w- that was the premise in the beginning that we've got to figure out a way to reach these this unre- unreached people group. Yeah. But what do we reach them with? That's the thing. You know, that's the question we've got to ask. To now it's with something. yoga and walking through through labyrinths, which comes out of Greek and other oh, mystic that's the beliefs. Big deal. You go through the mazes and all and this it, sort of thing. It clears and centers your mind. These are words being used in their seminars. There are some that are even advocating going back to prayer beads. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a big push for Roman Catholicism like the Eucharist, right, inside the emergency. Well, there's, there's all, you know, integrate all those ideas. And, uh, it, you know, last April, the Dalai Lama had the big meeting in Seattle where they had 105,000 people at Quest Field. And both Rob Bell and Doug Padgett, both of them called emergent Christian leaders, both of them referred to as evangelical Christians, were in panel discussions with people from all the other religions, bowing down to the Dalai Lama, calling him His who Holiness. Call, who claims to be God. Yeah, calling him His Holiness. I, I, I was ready to throw up watching this thing. But I watched this group, and I'm thinking, they never mentioned Jesus. They never brought up anything about Christianity. It was like, it, before a lost and dying world, we're saying that every religion is equal. We're going to talk about Boy, that in that a future program. Boy, that sounds prophetic, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I thought moving at super speed into the one world religion. Hey, I told my wife, I said, I'm just waiting for the curtain to part and the Antichrist to walk out, yeah. except the one problem, I'm still here. So it's not going to happen today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I said, it'll be that same grouping of people with a Sikh and a Hindu and a Muslim and a Jewish leader and these apostate Christians standing there. It'll be the same kind of group that will usher in Antichrist and say, he's our leader, follow him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching. It's prophetic. Now, folks, don't get down in the mouth about this. No. This is prophetic times we're living in. Just to think that we live in the day that we live in today. I know you've said this before, but it, I get so excited about it. I've said it hundreds of times. I am so thrilled to live in this day and to think that we're able to watch these things happen just before the return but of the Lord. But we do need to be aware of the fact that we're living in a time of great deception, great apostasy, yes. where we need to be discerning and we need to stand up and speak out for the truth. Yes, exactly. And, and not just hang back and say, well, I'm afraid it will hurt somebody's feelings. Well, I, I'm done with that. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, and if there's people that, that are turned off by our, our forthrightness about this, I can't help For that. some reason, Erica, I, in the short time I've known you, I've just gotten the impression that you're not one who tips toes through the tulips. I, uh, I have the same impression about you somehow, too, brother. I, I, I got that not feeling, him. you know. <laughs> I, I imagine your, your viewers are, are used to a kinder, gentler uh, Dr. Dave. What do you think? I'm not sure Maybe about that. So. <laughs> Eric, I've learned a, a lot about the Emerging Church from you. Something that's still kind of nebulous in my mind is the New Age movement. Could you come back next week and tell us all about the New Age movement? Sure, I'd love to. Awesome. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to ask you to do. <laughs> you because because you yeah. said in your autobiography yeah. that you were very much involved in this, and it's to me, nebulous. It's like nailing Jell-O to the wall. Well, you know, what is the New Age movement? So we're going to ask you next way week. to put it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for this week. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Today's program is included in a DVD album called Defending the Faith. All four of our half-hour programs with Eric Barger are included in this information-packed DVD. Few people can keep up with all the information and misinformation concerning cults and false religions. So now you can get authoritative, biblically solid teaching on these constantly changing topics. Eric has immersed himself in the study of the cults and you could benefit from his 25 years of research. 
Purchase this DVD for yourself and for your church library as a great learning resource for home Bible study groups, Sunday school classes, family viewing, and individual study. Topics covered are the New Age movement, universalism, the emergent church movement, popular books with heretical teachings, apostasy in the church, the problem with doctrinal ignorance among Christians, and how to defend one's faith. This wonderful DVD album containing all of our programs with Eric Barger is available for a gift of $15 plus the cost of shipping and handling and can be ordered by visiting lambline.com or by calling the number on your screen. On our website, click on the TV Offers button. Defending the Faith is cataloged as D53. While on our website, look for the button to sign up for our e-newsletter and the electronic version of our Lamplighter magazine. The 20-page bi-monthly Lamplighter contains in-depth articles about Bible prophecy and editorials linking prophecy with current events. Our e-newsletter is sent out every other week and also focuses primarily on prophetic news and events. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 